We've a bit of an educational focus this week as we hear about an agricultural apprentice open day. They can come in and tour the facilities, tour the campus, but importantly meet staff and the team that are going to be do the delivery and have any questions they might have um, answered. And a food, farming and environmental schools challenge. Ten challenges to get involved with and these challenges are all around um, agriculture, horticulture, technology within farming and uh, the environment. Plus what can we learn from cereals as it returns to Duxford this summer? And we've livestock and market reports and the week's weather forecast and why am I back on a diet? The Week in Agriculture. This is the Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. Hello, hope you've had a good, slightly calmer and drier week. Further bird flu cases have been recorded in the UK this week in Tynanweir and in Powys. This takes the number of cases in England alone to 80. The UK's veterinary workforce crisis continues with fewer registrations from the EU, down two-thirds since Brexit and a greater-than-ever workload with increasing demand for veterinary certification. And at the recent NFU annual conference, DEFRA Secretary George Eustace outlined his vision for the future of the UK's livestock sectors. He set out a programme of financial support for farmers in the pig, cattle, sheep and poultry sectors, the Animal Health and Welfare Pathway, which will include fully funded annual vet visits and grants to improve conditions for livestock. These will fund investments such as equipment and technology or larger projects like upgrading housing for cattle to deliver improvements in lameness, cow comfort and calf mortality. At the conference, in her keynote speech, President Minette Batters called for new efforts to help avert unnecessary crises, as she called them, such as the current situation facing the pig sector. She called the 200,000 pigs backed up on farms and 40,000 healthy pigs having been culled an utter disgrace and a disaster. She laid the blame firmly at the government's poorly designed change to immigration policy and a total lack of understanding of how food production works and what it needs. Mrs Batters also launched a new report, British Farming, a blueprint for the future, which calls for commitment from the government and retail to sell more British food, using the powers in the Agriculture Act to enable farmers and growers to trade fairly, and a new economic model that drives investment back into the land, ensuring the tenant sector is not disadvantaged. Plus work on immigration and a properly funded sustainable farming incentive. We'll discuss the report on the Farming Programme next week. We spoke recently about the enhanced services on offer from the Lincolnshire Rural Support Network, including their new health hut, which is now in service. So I went to Friskney between Skegness and Boston near the Lincolnshire coast a couple of days ago, where a farm sale was attended not just by buyers and auctioneers, but by nurses and volunteers from LRSN as the first outing for the health hut. Amy Thomas is head of charity for LRSN. Now, Amy, we've spoken about this some time ago on the programme. This is the first outing of the Hell's Hut. Yeah, absolutely. It's our debut today. Um, it's been a bit of an adventure getting it out and up and, and managing to actually get in first thing this morning, but we're really pleased. Um, it looks fantastic and uh, we've got Nurse Heather here with us and the team out in force. So Heather, what are you doing to people? 
Well, I'm providing a, a small health check. Blood pressures mainly, but we can also test cholesterol and blood sugar. And we get, talk about people's diet and give advice and health promotion, really, and see if we can help people to keep a bit more healthier for a bit longer. And mine was up a little bit, wasn't it? It was. The old blood pressure was raised a bit, but yes. When you gave yourself time to just sit still and relax a little bit we did improve so yes and all the farmers that you've had in here this morning don't give any names away or anything no. like that but how have they been looking most with a raised blood pressure i'm afraid to say yes <laughs> yeah um quite a few raised cholesterols and a lot that could do something about the cholesterol so we've had chance to talk about what they can do with the diet um and try and reduce that themselves before they get anywhere near any tablets so yeah Great. And this is all about general health and well-being, Amy, isn't it? So we're, we're talking about testing people's health, but also about the opportunity to talk. Yes, it is. And I think it's really important that the people we support don't tend to present at the GP surgery. Um, they don't tend to ask for help. And what we want to try and do is get in there early and support people with their health issues before they develop into something more serious. And of course, it's also an opportunity to talk to, to Heather um, and to, another way to access the rest of our services. Okay, so where are we next? Uh, next week we're out at the NFU Farm Safety Conference in Newark, that's on the 2nd. Um, and then we are looking for opportunities to go out to farm sales, seed trials, local shows, anything really where we can engage the farming community. Okay, and where can we find out more about this? The best place to go is the LRSN website, which is www.lrsn.co.uk, or of course, please do just give us a call. And after revealing my blood pressure results to my wife, it seems I'm back on a diet again. Apart from the dates Amy mentioned, LRSM will be running the Health Hut on a fortnightly basis at Melton Market alongside the Farming Community Network. And they are recruiting. They're looking for a couple of qualified, experienced nurses to work part-time, perhaps 12 hours a month, but flexible. These are paid positions, but they do always need more volunteers. And there's more at lrsn.co.uk. Last year's Serials, the agricultural show, was at Boothby Graffo in Lincolnshire, a slightly cut-down show, inevitably due to COVID. From Serials, arable project manager Jonathan Backhouse joins us today. Jonathan, what can we expect to see as the show returns to full size this summer and where is it being held this year? It's the fifth time Robert Law's hosted the event at um, Law Farming, just behind the Imperial War Museum at Duxford. There is an overall theme of technology, but what can we expect to see at the show, Jonathan? Old favourites such as the AHDB Theatre, uh, but as well the, the New Era Theatre, where there'll be many discussions going on from speakers in the industry. Also, the Spray, Syngenta Sprays and Sprayers Arena will be returning, which is a great place to see all the uh, latest and greatest in sprayer technology. We're also introducing a new direct drill arena this year, which will be good to see some of the machines capable of no-till and direct drilling. And also some inter-row and in-row weeding demos, which we saw for the first time last year at uh, Broodby Grafo in Lincolnshire. Drone technology is obviously something that's becoming more and more used on farms and there's been changes to the rules recently regarding drone flying on farms. Are we expecting to see quite a bit relating to drones at the show? You're absolutely right, Steve. Yes, we, we have. We've got um, a drone arena. It's such a fast-moving field. We'll see the latest in drone technology too. It's, it's exciting stuff, yeah. And we're expecting some good numbers again. We're expecting up to probably 20,000 visitors across the two days. It'll be great to see. Absolutely. It'll be great to see so many people about at a full-size serials once again. So just tell me, Jonathan, where and when? 
Right, so it's taking place on the 8th and 9th of June, um, and it's at Duxford in Cambridge, hosted by Law Farming again. Tickets are available online through our website, which is serialsevent.co.uk, or do a Google search for Serials 2022. Early bird tickets are available now at just £10 each, and 50% of the uh, sale price of the tickets goes to one of three farming charities. So. Uh, the Farming Community Network, FCN, um, who obviously they, they have a helpline and provide local and national support to farmers facing challenging times. It's, it's changeable times for, for the industry at the moment, as we know. Um, RABI, the Agricultural Benevolent Fund, um, who similarly, similarly provide advice and also financial support to farmers facing some challenges and Yellow Wellies, the Farm Safety Foundation, who they have some good initiatives going such as Farm Safety Week and the Mind Your Head campaigns. Excellent. That's really great to hear. Jonathan, thanks for joining us on the programme this morning and good luck with the show. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. All the best. Unfortunately, Sean Sparling can't be with us this week. I think he's got the ump with the weather, being all wet and windy. He's headed off to warmer, drier climes, I think. I had a postcard from the Bahamas the other day. Hopefully, Sean will be back with us next week. If an agricultural apprenticeship is one of the options you or your children are considering for post-school education, you may be interested in an open event on later this week at Lincoln's Rice Home College. Lenny Malloy is the Curriculum Area Manager for Land-Based Education at Rice Home. Lenny, good morning. Thanks for joining us on the the farming programme. It's coming up to decision time for many young people, further education, job or apprenticeship. And Rice Home College got an apprentice open event on Saturday, the 5th of March, which we'll talk about in a moment. But first of all, what does an apprenticeship involve? Well, uh, obviously, as a specialist land-based provider, um, it's our obviously our intent to provide um, rural businesses with high-quality apprenticeship programmes at local, regional, and in some cases national level. Uh, what it will involve is um, obviously somebody seeking an apprenticeship scheme with an employer. They will be employed on a full-time basis, um, and as part of the apprenticeship programme, we will require them to be released for what we call 20% off the job hours, where they attend college. Um, one day a week and depending on the program obviously depends on the day of the week they access the the training okay and what in agriculture specifically what's available at rice home on an apprenticeship basis yeah in agriculture we run apprentices at uh, level two and at level three um, at level two we offer if you like standards in stock person and poultry options and then at level three um, we've got crop technician so there is a, a range of more land-based standards available and what ages are we aiming at so we're looking at anybody from the age of really 16 upwards um, and, it, and it can go into adults so we have a, a range of ages is already currently on programs from the age of 16 to 62 so it's 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 open to anybody And what's actually happening at the Apprentice Open event So it gives them the opportunity to come in and it can be somebody who's seeking 
possible employment or somebody who's already secured a placement, they can come in and tour the facilities, tour the campus, but importantly, meet staff and the team that are going to be do the delivery and have any questions they might have um, answered. We also provide um, a system on the college website where they can look at current vacancies that we're advertising on behalf of employers. So again, it gives them that opportunity just to discuss possible job vacancies with us on on that particular open event. Does uh, somebody who's interested need to apply or to register for this or can they just turn up? No, they need to book online. Um, So if they visit the college website, rhizome.ac.uk, there's a booking system on the website. They can book on there um, and then obviously attend on on the Saturday. Uh, excellent Lenny thank you for that we'll look forward to the Apprentice Open events Saturday the 5th of March at Rise Home thanks for joining us on the programme this morning yeah thanks for having me thank you and for the younger ones we have the schools challenge Josie Jameson from the Lincolnshire Showground good morning what is the scheme how does it work what do schools and children have to do at the end of last year we sent out um, a schools challenge pack to the entire primary secondary and preschool um, institutions within the greater Lincolnshire County and they um, got offered 10 challenges to to get involved with and these challenges are all around um, agriculture horticulture technology within the farming and uh, the environment and so they're very topical obviously at the moment and they fit into the uh, curriculum um, whether it's early years framework or the national curriculum equally give us a couple of examples of what uh, what challenges there are okay so um we have from Gen Zero, Climate Leaders of the Future. So here we'll be, with with the COP26 being so significant, it's kind of echoing that sentiment. And we're looking for our future climate leaders. So whatever they can do within their school or whether it's in their community to reduce uh, carbon footprints, for example, whether they can have a look at their energy use or their waste or their water. So that's one of them. And then we go on to Lincolnshire Roots, which is very much a growing challenge. And we've got a history of farming challenge. We've even got a a year to remember. So celebrating the Platinum Jubilee. Um, And we've got Farm to Infinity. So there they've got to think outside the box. And how would you grow food in space, for example? What do the children actually have to do, Josie, to take part in these challenges? To take part in these challenges, the school uh, needs to sign up initially. The deadline for that is the 25th of March. So there's still lots of time to go to, to uh, put in your expression of interest. Um, they select from the challenges. They often have a discussion with the children that they're going to do, whether it's going to be part of an eco club, for example, or whether it's an after school club or whether they're going to integrate it in their lesson planning. Uh, there's lots of opportunities and it's providing that enrichment that they've so missed out on in the last couple of years as well and so the schools take on they can take on more than one challenge if they choose and they can do it school-wide they can do it just one class they can do a small group it it can be any uh any number we're not restricting it in any way and they um they've got a criteria to follow um because their challenge uh, entry will be judged and they will be judged at the lincolnshire show which is obviously on at the 22nd and 23rd of june 
and um, it will be judged age appropriately and ability appropriately. So if you're taking part as an early years, we would judge very differently to if you were a secondary school, for example. And we have two judges. One will be uh, a specialist in the education area and one will be a specialist in the area and field of their challenge. So that combined, we should have an overarching view of uh, the challenge that you've uh, entered. And uh, the results will be revealed on the day and there'll be a lovely trophy um, to win as well, and which is a huge accolade. And there's fun uh, to have on the day as well. So they'll come and they will um, present their findings. They will present their entry to the judges. It will also be the opportunity to explore the show where we've obviously got other things for the children to take part in. But the um, actual day itself, they will be able to present to the general public as well. So we'd encourage all visitors to pop into the Schools Challenge uh, Exo Centre where it will be to have a look at um, all the effort that the children have put in because they really do put in lots of effort and it's great to see each year we are absolutely amazed by what they put together. And who's eligible to take part, Josie? What kind of ages are we talking about? It's anybody, we, we would advise from preschool upwards, so um, that rather than the, the, the very little ones, potentially not, but certainly preschool, they can get hands on. We've got a challenge called Habitat Haven, which is perfect for the little ones and they can uh, design a little haven for creatures. What's the overall purpose of doing this? The overall purpose is to provide uh, a learning opportunity um, outside of the classroom really to provide that enrichment and to provide learning about the county and the farm to fork journey where really that is our ethos at the education department at the Lincolnshire Agricultural Society Uh, and so it's to encourage and promote uh, farming and that sense of community as well we've got lots of community challenges to choose from too so it's that forging that link between schools and the surrounding area. And I gather the showground's got plenty more going on for children through the summer. Absolutely. We have a whole series of events. In fact, we've got Countryside Links coming up on the 10th of April, which is a fabulous family event um, around learning about the county and all the things that are in it, whether it's growing, whether it's craft, whether it's activities such as pottery, whatever's happening in the county, we want to bring it to Countryside Links and let the children enjoy and actually have a go. And where can we go for more information on this, Josie? They can either contact myself by telephone or email which is jjameson at lincolnshireshowground.co.uk or via the website which is the Lincolnshire Showground website and click on education which will lead you to the school's challenge. All right Josie that's excellent thanks for joining us on the farming program this morning. Thank you very much for having me. To our regular market reports now starting with Louth Livestock Market good morning to Oliver Chapman. Good morning, Steve. Another weekly roundup from here at Louth for Monday, the 21st of February. Starting with the prime cattle, which sees just heifers on offer, top at 256 pence per kilo and gross £1,521 for J&S Brooks of Strubby, to leave an all-in average £1,340. On to the cool cows and a similar number forward to the previous week, however a slight lift in trade. Saw KW Timmins and Sons across from Gainsborough top the pence per kilo at 166 pence per kilo and the pounds per head at £1,224. This week was store cattle week and a tremendous show from start to finish saw a lift in trade for all goods on offer. Steers were topped by Pennell Brothers of Techney at £1,225 for Aberdeen Angus's, while Neil Johnson of Stickney topped the heifers with a packet of limousine-side animals at £960. 
moving on to the sheep and started with the prime hogs see a slightly smaller than expected show however the overweight hogs just remaining slightly harder to place a prime hog sqq average of 250.52 pence per kilo with an all-in average of 244.26 pence per kilo top price this week in the lump came from aj colson and sons of osgaby at 124 pounds while the pence per kilo topped at 282 pence per kilo for w taylor and co of tetford moving on to the cool use and a similar number forward however a slight lifting trade this week saw an all-in average of 90 pound and 42 pence P.S. Marsden and Sons of Cold Hamworth lead the way this week with ewes away to a high of £135. Finally, just a store sheep, just a handful on offer top for R. Jones of Orby at £72 per head. A huge thank you to everyone that's been and supported, both buyers and vendors. Both prime and cool cattle and prime and cool sheep are required for our weekly livestock markets. And also a quick mention, we have a timed online machinery auction running from the 9th to the 13th of March. So for all entries, whether it be machinery or livestock, please do not hesitate to contact me at any point. This is Oliver Chapman for Masons and Louth Market, and thank you. Thank you, Oliver. And the grain markets now, which must have been affected by the situation in Ukraine. Good morning to Openfield's Kit Dickinson. Good morning, Steve. This week, Putin launched a military operation in the Ukraine which far exceeds his initial peacekeeping assertions in the independent republic. And explosions have now been heard in the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. In a chilling TV interview, he also warned off immediate retaliation if there was any interference. Consequently, commodity prices have spiked, including grain prices, causing overnight US seabot wheat and maize markets to lock at limits up. The fact that they locked at limit up implies that there is additional buying that has not been done yet. Markets will initially strive with assertion to find fair values, with consumers both at home and abroad initially reticent to react. This will likely cause a dislocation between futures and physical markets until some resemblance of order has been restored. The potential for disruption to grain shipments from the Black Sea is now a real possibility, which could affect up to 12 to 13 million tonnes of Russian and Ukrainian wheat and 15 million metric tonnes of Ukrainian maize. Ship owners will be reluctant to fix cargoes in the region, even assuming that they can be insured in is what now will be known as a war zone. International buyers will look to source their requirements from elsewhere, with the US and France being the most likely origins. Weather issues remain a concern globally, with Argentine and Brazilian production forecasts in decline. Concerns are also now growing in the US Central and Southern Plains Belt, along with the drought in the western Midwest, with some forecasting a very hot, dry summer ahead. North Africa, particularly Morocco, the Middle East, the Baltic states, parts of northeast Italy, southwest France, Spain and Portugal also lack moisture. What impact the war in the Ukraine will have on crops and spring plantings is also open to question. A very sad time indeed and the chain of events will only increase the market volatility going forward. So looking at barley this week, old crop barley. The Russian-Ukrainian conflict has meant that the markets have stopped trading for now. However, there was a zero demand for domestic and European molsters for old crop malting barley anyway. And with adequate stocks in the short term, molsters and brewers do not need to re-enter the market for malt or barley at this stage. This is more likely to be driven by a rebound in demand as the lifting of lockdown restrictions in the rest of Europe start to catch up with the UK probably by the end of March. The technical value on old crop malt or barley is so much higher than new crop that molsters will only buy on a strictly hand-to-mouth basis, not wishing to carry any expensive stock forward. 
As the new crop malting barley is so much discounted to the old, it has been able to move up with wheat futures. So some 10 to 15 pounds increase on last week's values for October, November and December 2022. This varies so much by individual area that if you have some barley planted and established and you are looking at a new record forward high for your malting barley for crop 2022, then you should speak to your local open field farm business manager. Oilseed rate this week, Openfield had launched a £5 storage deal contract for harvest 2022. 2022 UK supply and demand is going to be tight again and there will be a huge demand for domestic seed and this will drive the market. We expect a void of export opportunities at harvest to put pressure on spot prices, especially as there is a bigger crop in the ground and the August to November spread should widen, which could make storage even more attractive. The open field oilseed rape storage offer is designed to provide growers with the opportunity to market their oilseed rape at higher levels than has been achievable during the harvest window and provides a cost-effective way of extending the marketing opportunities beyond harvest. Benefits include guaranteed harvest movement, competitive rent, drying and dressing rates. Extensive national storage network frees up on-farm storage for alternative uses and extends the marketing season. Oilseed rate prices have been supported this week. Chicago increases were seen on the back of the weather concerns in South America and the impact of the global soybean supplies and Matif strength came from the increase in this demand. As expected, crude oil has also strengthened to over $100 when tensions between Russia and Ukraine came to a head on Thursday morning. Looking at prices this week, feed wheat for March 235 to 242, May 240 to 247, November new crop 215 to 222. Milling wheat premiums are circa 40 pounds. Feed barley for March 205 to 210, May 208 to 213, November 185 to 193. Oil seed rape 610 to 620, May 612 to 622, and November 525 to 535. As explained earlier, markets are extremely volatile and these prices are subject to market movement. The Farming Programme, five day forecast. High pressure brings us a calmer, drier and fairly sunny week, but with some cold nights. Southeasterly winds in the mid-teens MPH today, dry and clear with highs of 7 Celsius, down to 4 overnight into Monday, which sees some heavy rain in the afternoon. Southerly winds easing to single figures and a high of 10 Celsius. Dry, clear and calm for the middle of the week. Northwesterly breezes dropping temperatures to 7 or 8 and down to 1 or 2 overnight. Much the same for the end of the week, but with light east breezes. Finally, congratulations to the newly elected top team at the NFU. Minette Batters was unopposed as president. Tom Bradshaw is the new deputy president and David Exwood from Sussex is the new vice president. All will serve for two years. And friend of the farming programme Stuart Roberts has stepped down from the leadership of the NFU after many years of tireless service to farming. I'm sure you'll join me in wishing Stuart all the very, very best for the future. That's it for this week. I'm Steve Orchard, back same time next week or whenever you want on the podcast or smart speaker. Until then, have a good week.